Hey everybody, this is Cole Stryler. This is the first episode of my brand new podcast. In this episode, I interviewed Calvin Bowling. Calvin is one of my best friends from fourth grade. He's currently attending West Point. And in this episode, we talked a lot about stories we had in high school and our strategies to get into West Point, what the West Point application process is like, and our philosophies on life. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, this podcast is probably worth a listen. And I hope you enjoy. All right, and we're live. Calvin, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Cole. Appreciate it. It's always a it's a good time to see you. It's of been a, course, it's been a while, man. Like, geez, uh, we don't get to see each other often. You know, being on the West Coast, East Coast kind of thing. But I always have a great time when I get to see you. So yeah, and as some background, uh, Calvin goes to school at West Point. I go to school at Berkeley. So, um, you know, we went to high school together. And when we went to college, like I think most of our uh, staying in touch was over the phone and yeah we facetime we've we've you know we've had our good share of laughs over snapchat texting everything so <laughs> oh yeah um dude so i was on snapchat the other day and i was going through my memories and i saw the whole impeach calvin oh my filter. God. remember that <laughs> yes I remember that. <laughs> would you like to tell that story or, or should oh, i tell geez. that story yeah yeah i got I, all right I'll, I'll go ahead um so there we are, senior year. Um, I'm ASB president, and uh, Cole is the senior class president. And uh, you know, we always joke around as the the president. Like, there's a lot of stuff you gotta do, and um, sometimes you gotta be the one telling people what to do. And so they, you know, there's multiple do opportunities you? for yes, Cole. Yes, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I had to make hard decisions, right? Even as a high schooler, senior, right? And for all you ASB Sounds presidents difficult. out there, you get you get what I'm talking about, but. Generally, that, you know, with that roles, you know, a lot of people can make fun of you for that. Um, and so it, this was a good fun. Oh, you're taking fun. too long. All right. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> we love to rip on Calvin. And Calvin yes, yeah. was very proud of the fact that he was ASB president. And I think it got to his head a little bit sometimes. And, you know, we would walk around and he would walk, you know, a little bit taller. And, <laughs> um, one day I was like, I've had enough. So I went to Snapchat's website and I knew Photoshop at the time. And I looked up, how do you make a Snapchat filter? And <laughs> so I made a Snapchat filter and I only ran it within a one mile radius of the high school. And I set it to be, uh, to start at 12 o'clock which meanwhile is, I, had went no, out to I had no idea this was happening until that day he had no idea and no one really knew i don't think i i think i kept it pretty much secret anyways 12 o'clock you know everyone gets out to lunch everyone's you know taking snapchats and all of a sudden there's this new filter and it's of calvin's face and it says impeach calvin 2k16 yeah. <laughs> and i swear i had probably 200 people most of our class most of our we had a class of 250 i probably got 200 individual snapchats of people using that filter and then we made a collage of it yeah i remember that and i think the teachers even yeah. were the teachers thought it was pretty funny hey but let me tell you man let me tell you i was the most popular guy on snapchat stories that day even though it did say impeach calvin blah 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 but I just, okay I was i'll give you one hour of popularity <laughs> um oh, good but time, yeah man. no calvin and i go way back i i think we met what was it fourth grade when you moved to valley Center? yeah fourth grade um where'd you move from moved from orange county so about two hours north of here okay um, but yeah dude you were like one of the very first people that introduced me to to everyone at the elementary and 
I still remember us going on the field, throwing footballs back and forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that. Some good times. And then middle school is, I think when, let's see, middle school, I, I started Juja and Juja is a sock company that I had. And then that was when I really started wanting to go to West Point and started to really think about colleges. And I think you also started to think about West Point around that time, right? Or, or when were you introduced to the idea of West Point? Um, it was about eighth grade, ninth grade or so. Okay. Um, so you, you amongst, I think it was you and my dad who really introduced me to the academies. Yeah. Um, at first, he, he, he introduced me to the Air Force Academy because one of his coworkers, um, I think his son was about to graduate from the Air Force Academy. And so my dad was like, hey, you should check this out, Calvin. And, uh, and then, of course, you there right by my side, interested in West Point. I was like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, so I visited their websites. Um, there were a couple of YouTube videos posted about West Point, and I instantly – it drew my attention, um, and my grandfather, he served in the military as well. So seeing those two things combined was really just kind of the initial interest for me. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I remember, actually, I, what introduced me to the idea of West Point is my grandpa was also in the Army. He was a uh, lieutenant colonel, served his whole life. And one year he took me out to Fort Irwin, California, which is where they have the Fort Irwin, California. Oh yeah. <laughs> Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Um, and we've got to basically go and experience a live training. Oh, that's it, cool. it was called the worst case scenario. And I was in the middle of hundreds of soldiers, you know, shooting blanks, obviously, but in, in this Arab town. And it was like, literally we were in a war scene. There were bombs going off. And at the end of that weekend, I was like, oh my God, I want to be an army officer. And then I remember I came home and I was talking to my dad. I was like, hey, I want to go to ROTC or, or something. And he said, you should check out West Point. And I think that was about seventh grade. And, um, you know, from that day forward, it was like everything I thought of was how do I get into West Point? Like, you know, I, I you, you obviously know a lot more than me because you go there, but they have the the manual of all the things you got to memorize. And I started like reading those and oh, yeah, the, marching around the house, you know, yeah, the mentally beast, preparing. The beast handbook. The beast handbook, yeah. <laughs> How's the cow, Cole? How's the cow? Uh, she walks, she talks, she's full Cole of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of what really sparked my interest in it. And then I remember, obviously, we, we talked a lot about it. And then I remember Brock's sister got in. Yeah, Maddie. And that was like, oh my God, I know someone it's who's possible. going to West Point. Yeah, I was right. like, it's possible. A kid, a kid from Valley Center is going. I was That's like, great. no way. I thought we were off the map. Um, and then, yeah, man, it just, it, I think, really just started working towards that. And every day I had that in the back of my mind. And I'm sure you were similar. Um, going into high school, like, what kept you... I guess, motivated towards West Point? Like, what was your biggest source of inspiration for it? Yeah, so two things, I think. Uh, one, I wanted a great education, mm -hmm. right? Um, a lot of universities in California offer that, UCLA, UC San Diego, and it seems like a lot of our older classmates tended to go to those, those, those schools, so that was certainly available. But, uh, you know, you see in Forbes, you see on all these other top-tier Ma newspapers magazines they list west point as a you know a top 20 public university um uh education um so from that standpoint west point's great education top tier um teachers instructors 
a lot of research opportunities. So, so yeah. that's what initially drew me towards that. And then the, the second thing I'm referring to is the military side. Um, grandfather served. Uh, that was kind of my initial spark. And then um, learning more about 9-11 and then the war on terror really yeah. inspired me to want to join the military. Uh, so could two routes, you can either go to West Point or you can do ROTC. And I think that the, it was a little bit more challenging route. I'm not saying that one's better than the other because yeah. they both have their ups and downs. I just chose West Point or wanted to pursue West Point because of um, the multiple challenges that they would put me through while being a cadet at West Point. Um, you're challenged academically, physically. Um, you're a military personnel 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, now I argue as ROTC, you are military sometimes, and then you get a switch back on to civilian. So I argue that, you know, off and on switch going from military to civilian is kind of difficult sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Whereas West Point, you're mostly just military the entire time. But, um, you know, people mentioned the long gray line, how it's an honor to go through West Point. Yeah. It's just, I think that that kind of character program that they put you through at West Point is what drew me to it. Gotcha, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember I kind of had a similar motivation, I think, what really drew me to to it was i think initially the prestige and oh yeah absolutely it was like whoa you know i i literally viewed west point cadets as would you know someone would view like a an actor like just put them on this pedestal and yeah, be, i mentioned oh my gosh, i mentioned like, i mentioned the naval academy or west point to my grandfather and he just like was in shock he's like yeah, that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I guess as like a, a freshman in high school, I didn't quite understand that. Or maybe yeah. like eighth grade. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that prestige until I did more research. Like yeah. Like websites talking to people. But like when I talked to my grandfather about it, he was just shocked. So, I mean, that yeah. kind of just goes what you're saying. Like that prestige <clears throat> is something I was initially drawn to. Yeah. And I think just the more people I talked to about it, it was like it, the more support I got behind going to West Point. Initially, it was just, oh, that, you know it would be cool to go. And then every time I talked to someone, it just kind of fueled the fire. And it was like, wow, now it would be such a bigger honor to go. And um, yeah, I think what also, what also really drove me to it is I knew at a young age, probably like seventh grade that I wanted to go to a good college. And at the time, like I probably was, I think I was looking at a few, few of the Ivy leagues, West point, And I just knew like, I really wanted that. Like, I don't even know why. And I felt like I had the best shot at getting into West Point. I was like, you know, West Point obviously evaluates candidates on a holistic view. It's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 30% physical ability, 30% academics, 30% test scores. Is that right? Or, or something like that for or their leadership, right? So for the applications, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mainly academics. Uh, so that's your SAT, ACT scores and your yeah. GPA, right? Your leadership ability, so they measure that through um, team captains. Uh, were you a Boy Scout member? Did you go to Boys or Girls State? Yeah. Um, right? Or, like, did you hold a class office, such as class president, ASB president, right? Um, and then they want to measure your extracurriculars. Do you do any sports? I think sports are very key. Exactly. Again, right? Sports, yeah. clubs, anything like that. And I think kind of, like, one of the biggest reasons why I – was so obsessed with West Point is because I thought I could do it. You know, I, I thought, oh, I'd probably never get into Harvard or Stanford because ah, I'm just not smart <laughs> enough. I, I just had this idea that I was, you know, oh, I'm just dumb. But I felt West Point, you know, I can make up for it in the leadership. I can make up for it um, in the sports. 
and I have, you know, average test scores, I thought I could do it. I think that's why one of the biggest reasons why I was so motivated to go. And then obviously seeing Maddie get in, I was like, wow, it's possible. And then really what I, what I started to do is look at the freshman class profile. This was one of the yes. strategies I used. Yep. I, I would look up, I, I think, well, you could type in like 2020 freshman class profile and you can look at what they did. And I saw, you know, certain large percentage of people were class presidents, large percentage of people went to boy state, large percentage of people were in the NHS, large percentage of people yeah, were in, that's, were team that, captains. That's the call. That's the, that's the key right there. Exactly. Like if, if you wanted to get into West Point, go on their website, look for the class profile, right? The incoming class profile. And there's just a list, boys state, class president, exactly. sports, right? Grades. That is what you want to check the box. Exactly. Think of it as check boxes. And the more boxes you can check, the more your odds increase of you getting in. I mean, they say it's a 10% chance of getting in, but I think if you could check all those boxes and get a congressional nomination, I think I, I narrowed it down to about a 50, 50 chance. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the whole process trying to get in? Want to do that? For, yeah, let's do it. I, I, so listen. basically the reason why we're talking about this, I know this is our first podcast and it, obviously it's a little bit rough. We're kind of running it as an experiment, but ultimately it, it's all about helping young people specifically like high schoolers and college uh, students figure out what they want to do in life. And I remember when I was in high school, I watched every single vi YouTube video about West Point. I read every single book that existed and I still felt like I craved more information on how to get in. And I think this podcast can serve as aid for those who want to get into West Point or just, you know, maybe a, a peek into what the process is of, of West Point. West Point itself to see if that's what people want to do. So just some background. That's why we're talking about this. Um, but yeah, so let's, I guess, get started on like, what is the application process like? Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, maybe move into like, what's it like there? Really, wh whatever sure, you want to talk yeah, about. Absolutely. Um, so I think it starts around your freshman, sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, you don't, there's no way... Like, I mean, in your case, I think you're a special case because you knew since a young age, since you had, you know, your grandfather so close to you and, you know, helping you try to get to West Point, right? But you don't need to be 100% committed to uh, West Point your freshman or sophomore year, right? It's just un impossible to know. But I think yeah. it's a good idea to look at the profile that we're talking about. So that way, you know what you need to start setting yourself up to achieve. And I think that not only doing this for West Point, it will help you for your other schools, right? Cole did all this and he got into some good schools, UC Berkeley. Um, I got into UC San Diego. Um, so just knowing from a, knowing what to do to get me into West Point really helped me get into other schools as well. So, um, and I would have not gotten into Berkeley had I not followed kind of this formula to get into West Point. I, I think my West Point application helped me across the board Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like every school I apply to, it's a to. very holistic overall personality kind of thing, right? They're not just solely focusing on academics. Are you a nerd or are you a stud on the football field? Yeah. Right? They want someone who's average and everything. But right? I think what's cool is there's kind of a formula to it. Yeah, I mean there might be, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but uh, it's looking at that profile would definitely help. So yeah. freshman year, I think the key freshman year of high school is just focusing on your academics, right? Yeah. Focus on your academics. Try to get those A's and B's. Uh, join join some clubs at uh, at your at your school. Maybe join a sports team. You need to do some sort of sport, whatever it is, uh, golf, soccer, 
volleyball, you need to do something um, during your time in high school. And in, in regards to clubs, you don't need to join 10 different clubs. No. I'd argue that you should join like maybe two or three and then stay really actively involved in those 100%. two or three. Yes. yes. Right? So a lot, I think a common misconception is that they need to just join as many clubs as they can so that way they can put all those on their resume. I disagree 100%. You need to be able to talk about your experiences in those clubs and have some sort of memories or contributions to those clubs because otherwise if you just say you're a part of this club and you can't say anything else about it, it's pointless. I, I think it's 100% better to be a leader and to have an impact on one club. Absolutely. 100%. You know, spreading your wings wide makes you very thin in a lot of areas. And I think that's not what they're looking for at all. Right. And you don't need to be the president, uh, the club president. Let's say, for example, let's say you join three clubs. You don't need to be the president of all three, right? Maybe try, try to be the president of maybe one of them or like a secretary treasurer, try to have some sort of leadership role in any of them, but you don't need to be for all three. You just need to have, you just be actively involved in those clubs. So that way, when you get to those essays, writing those essays, your senior year, you have a story to tell yeah. about your experiences in those clubs, right? <clears throat> so we talked about you know joining a sport team freshman year, joining some sort of clubs your freshman year. Um, so I think those are the, the three things that you need to do your freshman year. And then sophomore, junior year, try to get a class office, try to be class president, class secretary, whatever it may be. Um, Community service is huge. If you can, yeah. If you can do some sort of like community service project that you planned and executed, that'd be great. Um, not only for for your applications, but I mean, just being a good person overall. I, I, I urge that a good sense of community service will help you develop and you know uh, figure out what you want to do in life. Um, so, long community service. Let's see what else. Um, hmm. What else is there do you think, Cole? I'm trying to think of. I mean, I think overall developing good relationships with teachers, ultimately, I think, you know, you're going to have to have letters of recommendation from your teachers. Well, I, I think in regards to like sophomore, junior year, I think that's just kind of basically just focus on your grades, um, those community service projects. Uh, you can see if you can try to get some sort of summer internships or get a job over the summer. Right? Yeah. Um, you want to do something over the summer, whether it's a sport, like you're, you know, football is very active over the summer. That's totally fine. Uh, I know over my summers, I, I did football and I also had a job. I worked at Albertsons, um, sometimes volunteer at the library. So you want to be, you want to be busy over the summer. I definitely enjoy high school for sure. Right. Don't, don't kill yourself. You know what I would actually say? I would fill in one more thing is, kind of forward thinking a little bit when it came to taking uh came time to taking the sat and the act i felt like i had not laid the groundwork and i i mean most at that people point don't. i yeah. wished i had i could have gone back to my freshman year and read a book a week or even just a book a month and started studying vocabulary words because i felt like when i when it came time to studying for the sat I didn't have a good reading foundation. I mean, you know, I knew how to read and I was obviously decent at reading, but it could have been a lot better. I could have had a lot better vocabulary. And I think even just starting to prepare for those exams early, you will, you'll, you'll never have to work super hard to study for the SAT. You know, if you started studying an hour a week, your freshman year, you will never have to, to cram it in right before the exam. Yeah, I agree. Practice makes perfect. Uh, I mean, I saw that with the MCAT, right? Practice questions. Um, really perfected uh, answering the questions on the exam. But I, 
you know, I, I agree with you. Yeah. In some in some regards, right? It just but realistically, is that kind of I don't know. In my personal opinion, I don't think that's it's tough. You it's know, tough. You're not yeah. thinking about it. You're just not thinking about it. You're doing yeah, other I mean, like, things. Totally when I was a when I was when I was a freshman, about fourteen years old, I was not thinking about the SAT. I didn't really start thinking about the SAT until junior year. I remember taking my Same. first one. For, by the way, I totally bombed my first SAT, so don't feel <laughs> We all did. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> it was a reality that's check. Totally my whole life flashed right in front oh of my, my eyes. I was like, oh, my. That was like, I remember seeing my score. I was like, oh, gosh. But, hey, like, get your score back, learn from it, and then just, if you can, look at the uh, the questions that you missed. I know the ACT allows you to look at questions that you missed. Look at those um, and just keep practicing. I, I, I Cole, Cole recommends that you study every week. Um, like once a week since freshman year, I think what I would recommend. Well, is as just, studying, I just mean like reading a book. Yeah. Right. And and it's not necessarily. Oh, I mean like reading whipping, is huge. It's not whipping out a practice test and studying an hour a week. It's like just start preparing your skills. Right. Like mm-hmm. part of the SAT, it requires reading skills. It requires like analytical skills. So just developing those skills. You know, I don't, I'm not saying whip out an SAT book necessarily. I mean, you can if you want. But like my brother Zach, he read a ton. Like all through high school, he read every night. He he would just you know thirty minutes a night before bed. He would read, and he did so well in the reading score. Yeah, so well. I I would I could never even come close to that when I was in high school. Um. So the point is, uh, you know, develop your skills. But I I would say the real time period where you really got to start thinking about your West Point application is junior year, right? Yeah, I I agree because that's when you um first of all the junior year they have the opportunity for you to go to the summer leadership program it's called uh sle summer leadership that's experience. huge yeah definitely so do that i did that at west point 100 all the academies have it. air force academy has one naval academy so i did uh, i applied to all three i applied to the air force navy and army um i got into all three but i decided to go to navy and and west point and what it is is just a week-long experience at the academies and they kind of treat you as a west point cadet um, more or less for a week. You get to see what it's like to live in the barracks there. You get to see what it's like to go to class. You, they'll take you out to the field to let you, you know, uh, see what, uh, an M4 looks like. Um, they'll get to, you'll get to march around, get to do some PT with some cadre. So it's really good, like basic introduction to West Point. And that was kind of, um, I really urge you to apply for this because if you're interested at all, you should go to this and this will either reaffirm your decision to go to West Point or tell you, ah, oh, this may be not for me. Yeah, that that's something that I really wished I would have gone to. And I, I think when I got into West Point, one of the biggest things is like I didn't know what it would be like. Yeah. And it, it was I like shoot all like, the time. I built this this image of what life at West Point would be like. And I was like, I have no idea if this is even accurate. But if you go to the SLE, you get to experience it for a whole week. And that's huge. That is so big. And a lot of the people in your SLE class ended up being part of your freshman class at West Point, right? Yeah. There were about, I think, between 10 to 12 of us in one of my squads uh, for SLE. And I think at least eight of us ended up going for decided to go to a different different school. And that's totally fine. They, I mean, I'm glad that they made that decision, figuring that this is yeah. not for them. Yeah. Um, I, see, I see this a lot. Uh, people show up to West Point and... Um, a couple may s- decide to leave because they realize this isn't for them. Yes. Which is why the SLE program is such a great program because it allows for people to figure that out before applying. Before they 
move yeah. to New York and exactly sign their life away. So if you can, <laughs> if you can do if you can do this SLA program, it'd be great. Um, on the application, what's the process like? When do you start applying to that? Uh, so you start applying your in January, your junior year. Okay. So and what are the requirements? Do you have to put SAT test scores? Anything? Uh, when I applied SAT scores, uh, I can't remember if they were required or not. I think they were highly recommended. So that I way, think, they, yeah, that sounds about I right. I think they were highly recommended so that I can kind of gauge where you are academically, right? Um, but I mean, if you have a bad score, it's totally fine. Um, I would submit it. I would submit your SAT score anyways because they're looking. Remember, West Point looks for a holistic view. They they don't want just an academic stud. They want someone who's, you know, average and everything. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah. So they asked me to submit my SATs. Uh, I had to write a couple essays expressing my, my desire to go to West Point and what I hope to get out of SLE. So before you apply and submit the application, I would definitely look up on their website, what SLE program is a little bit more. So that way you can kind of gauge, Oh, this is what I'm looking for. I think what I said is I, I wanted to get a little better idea of the life of a cadet. And then I wanted to learn more about the careers offered yeah. after West Point, right? Because definitely West Point is just a university. You go there for four years and then you commission as an officer. But then really after that, you're you're an officer for five years. You owe five years uh, as an active duty, active duty military officer. And so you really need to you know make sure that one, West Point's the school you want to go to, but two, do you want to serve in the military? Yes. So I view it as a nine year commitment, not a not a four year commitment. It's a it's a, it's a long time. So five years active, three years reserve. Um, after West Point, um, so, and then all right. So let's say you apply to SOE. I know you got to get a letter of recommendation from congressman or senator or so president yeah. or vice president. But so that starts your congressman. That starts the summer of your junior year. Okay. So the the summer between your junior and your senior year. That's when you can start to submit your application. Now the application is basically it's two phases. The first phase is you need to get a nomination from either your congressman, your senator, or the vice president of the United States. Yep. Um, to, to, to get a nomination, basically, there's an each congressman will have an application. Just go to your congressman's website, and there will be something that says Service Academy Nominations. You click on it, and then there's the application for you. So now this one's huge because you cannot get into West Point without a nomination. That is, that is right? correct. You need a nomination. So when I was, I think a unless ninth you're grader, unle so every everyone needs a nomination. There are nominations set aside for recruited athletes. So West Point gotcha. does recruit athletes. Gotcha. Um, okay. And that's done directly with, I believe I I'm not a recruited athlete, but I believe that it's done directly with the head coach, um, and you don't necessarily need to get a nomination from your congressman they may okay. they may have separate nominations set aside by certain senators or something like that but it needs to be within gotcha. your state okay um and so okay so i i think i really started thinking about this process around ninth grade and what i did because i knew you i i wasn't an athlete and i would need the congressional nomination to get in i looked up my uh congressman uh duncan hunter and pretty much every event that he had in the local area, I went to and I met him for probably a three-year period. I was I met him several times. That's a good idea. And I would shake his hand. But really, the, the congressman isn't the person who decides who gets the nomination. They have a secretary. They have a who, they have a board. Congressmen will generally have a board. I'm not saying this for every congressman. Yeah, so our, 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 we both our had Duncan Hunter. Yeah. And... So I would meet Duncan Hunter, obviously, but really the person who you got to talk to, in our case, it was Wes Sherman. I don't think he's doing it anymore, but 
you have to impress that guy. He is the guy who filters through applications and who ultimately decides who gets the nomination. So that's what I did. And when it came time to applying, Wes Sherman already knew me. He called me up. He said, hey, Cole, got your application. Thanks for applying. Uh, you'll, you know, you'll hear back shortly. Well, we had the interview and then um, I got it, obviously. But was there any strategy that you used or did you just shoot an application and, and get it? Or what, what was that process like for you? Um, I can't say that I went to any of uh, our congressmen's um, community events. Okay. But I did reach out to the head of the committee that was in charge of selecting individuals to give a nomination to. Um, and I did that. I'm trying to remember. I think it was the end of sophomore year, beginning of junior year. Um, so I did. So I, I contacted him, gave him a phone call, just told him, hey, I'm I'm Calvin Bowling. I'm, I'm very interested in going to West Point. This is what I hope to get out of West Point. This is what I yep. like to do in the army after West Point. Um, so I think early on, it's nice to put a, put a name per se yeah. in the background, maybe in the back of his head. So that way, when you send an application, you'd be like, Oh, I remember talking to this guy, you know, beginning this end of the last year or something like that. So I would recommend that you contact your Congressman committee and just say, Hey, give them a heads up that you're initially interested and that you're going to send an application. But I didn't send in my application until that summer between my junior and senior year. Yeah. So, and then after you get the nomination, what is the second part of the the applicant? You said it's in two right, parts. Right, yeah. So there's two phases, yes. right? The first phase is the, the nomination, right? And you can get that through your congressman, your senator, or the vice president. Um, and then the second phase is um, completing your West Point application, right? So there's the nomination application, and that's done through the congressman. And then there's the West Point application, and that is done online through a West Point online portal. And um, you can get access to that on the remain West Point mm-hmm. online page. Um, and basically that's where you submit all your SAT, ACT scores. You write a couple essays and then you write down all your extracurriculars. And then there you have to go get medically qualified to even go to West Point. And then there's a couple things that you have to do. Um, like you have to go to a local police station and get a background check. Um, various miscellaneous things that you have to do. It took me about two weeks to get all those other things done. But yeah, so the first phase nomination, second phase is sending application. Um, you won't even qualify to get into West Point if you don't have a nomination, right? So that's why the first phase is critical. I, I started both of those app, those both of those phases at the same time. Um, so you can get the second phase done. You can fill out your West Point application and you can complete everything before you even get a nomination. That's what I did. So that way, when my nomination was accepted and given to me, um, my application was already complete. And yeah. West Point will start, they do with this, I don't know if they still do this, they did this um, when we were applying. They'll offer letters of assurance or... Yes, and I actually kind of wanted to ask a little bit more about that. So you said earlier that you got into all three academies. Um, for the for their summer programs. Oh, for the summer programs, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. But you got into Naval Academy as well? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, applied, I ended up applying to the Naval Academy and West Point. I didn't apply to the Air Force Academy. Okay, so when you get a congressional nomination... Our con- I, I think it's different for every district, but we live in a competitive district, so they said they'll only give us one nomination, right? Yeah, that's true. Some congressmen will only give out one nomination. So I remember in my interview, I was on my application, I applied for both a Navy and Army nomination, but during my interview, they said, hey, we're only going to give you one. So you got to choose. So I, I chose West Point. That was 
So one. how if if you can only get one nomination from a congressman and you need an, a, nom, a congressional nomination to get into academy, how did you get into the Naval Academy and West Point? Uh, so I submitted a nomination application to all three sources. Remember I, I said that you can get one from your congressman, your local congressman, you can get one from your senators, their state senators too. Um, or you can submit, uh, a request to the vice president. So I did all three sources and I ended up getting a nomination from our state center for, to the Naval Academy. Yeah. Okay. And then you said you got a letter of assurance to the Naval Academy. Did you also get one to West Point? Yes, I did. Okay. I think the reason why is because I just did everything so early. Okay. Like the part, they'll say on the website, "Hey, you can start submitting your applications." Let's say, for example, let's say August first. You can start submitting applications August first. Well, I submitted it within that first week. Um, you can sometimes pre-write your essays. The prompts are usually the same every single year. So I pre-wrote my essays, and then when the portal opened, I just copied and pasted my essay into the portal and submitted it within that week. And if you complete everything very early. That will give that admissions committee time to look at your application, and if they like you, they might send you a letter of assurance. Uh, there's another letter that just says, uh, like, "Hey, keep going, uh, keep doing well in do well in school, keep getting." Good I grades. think I got that one. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> like, you're doing good. That, that letter is <laughs> that letter is saying, "Hey, we really like you. If you continue to do well, uh, you are a very highly qualified candidate, and we might send you uh, an acceptance, an appointment, as they call it." Uh, the letter of assurance is saying, hey, we the admissions committee has already recommended you for an appointment to the academy. All you need to do is get medically qualified and get the nomination. Yeah. So um, I don't know if they still offer that. Uh, this was four years ago. I don't know if the academy still does that. But I'm not aware either. Yeah. And then let's see. What's the next step? So you right, so, finish uh, the whole application. So you we're, get the nomination. Yeah. Then you hear back, right? Yeah, so Am I, I missing a step. So, so then it comes what December, January. That's when people kind of start. January is when the first wave of acceptances came okay. out for our class. Okay. Um, mid January. Um, so they sent out letter of assurances beginning in September, and then they'll send out appointments beginning in January. But the main uh, flow of appointments come out in March. With and that's generally for most colleges. Um, so. That's kind of like the story of how I applied to West Point. Yep. Um, I also applied to, you know, other universities, UCLA, UC San Diego, Berkeley, um, because just as kind of a, a backup or just an alternate route, because, uh, like, for example, if I got hurt, I played football senior year. If I got hurt, broke a leg or something like that, and I couldn't report for our day, they wouldn't let me. Yes. show up right you got to be healthy to show up on our day and that's our day is the first day of beast barracks um so you need to be healthy on that so i applied to other schools as a backup um so i i if you want to go to west point i highly recommend that you don't just apply to west point you need to also have other backgrounds because 100 percent. yeah i mean nothing in life is you can't bank nothing is life and guaranteed right you can, tomorrow you could break an arm or something like that so yeah um if you could go back to high school and maybe let's say freshman year of high school and tell yourself something, you know, now nice. What would you tell yourself? Uh, I would tell myself to enjoy the moment. Uh, very often. I mean, even 
I mean, I do this a lot now and it's kind of ironic and I'm telling myself to do this, even though I know this now, but I still continue to do it. But it's I, hard. I, 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 I tend to push myself very hard and stress on things that I don't need to stress on. Um, I'm always looking for that next step. What do I need to accomplish next? And I think that's really good. It's really good mindset. I think that everyone should try to, you know, have some form of that. Right. And I'm still working on perfecting mine, but I think the downside of having that mindset is that sometimes I don't enjoy the moment. I'm always, you know, looking, I'm not looking at the moment right now, but I'm looking at the next future moment. Um, it, does that make sense, Cole? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I think it's actually, I would assume you're a type A personality. I'm definitely type A. And type A personality. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of type A's at, uh, at West Point. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the whole school is. Yeah. Uh, and type A's have a characteristic where they have a lot of anxiety about the future. And on the I, same I, way. I would just stress about grades. I would just stress about these things that I just don't need to if it happens it happens if yeah. it doesn't it doesn't just do your best right always give your always give your 100% effort right there's you can't ask yourself to do anything more than that and if you fail learn from it and do better next time i cannot stress it enough i have failed so many times in high school i have failed so many times and even more in west point right i've failed so many times but the great thing is that they give you an opportunity to learn from your failure and move forward right so it's okay to you know Enjoy the moment and do your best. And if you fail, it's okay because you can learn. You have another try in the future, right? So don't, you know, if in high school, I I wish you asked me what what I've told myself, knowing now what do I have told myself, my my freshman self, I, I would tell myself, hey, if your friends are going to get dinner somewhere, go with them. You don't don't worry about studying for that next quiz, right? And you know, go ahead and put an hour in, but you don't need to put two hours into it or three hours into it. Go ahead and enjoy time with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. How would you, I mean, easier said than done. I know like, you know, going oh, out hundred percent, but my sister's graduating from high school this year right yeah. now. And I, I've told her this over the past years and again and again, she continues to push herself and it kind of, I see, I almost see myself. Oh yeah. Seeing, does that make sense? Like, uh, yeah. I, we got siblings the same age right. and I, I see it as well. Um, I mean, do you tell her kind of similar things? Or when she asks you for advice, what would you tell her? I would just say, hey, it's, I mean, she's a very, she did, she's done, I mean, she's done way better than me in classes. She's a higher GPA than I am. I mean, she's way smarter than than I am. Um, but I think that comes through. Better looking too. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, but, uh yeah, I mean, the reason why she got those good grades is through hard work, right? She's always constantly head in the books, eyes straight forward, right? And sometimes she forgets to smell the roses and enjoy hanging out with her friends because these ex- you only go through high school once. So I've kind of tried to forget to smell the roses. I mean, so that's a that's a that's a <laughs> one of my instructions. Uh, here's a good story. I mean, uh, f- I'm plebeer. Um, that's uh, for those who don't know, that's the freshman year of of West Point, I was studying, I I just took this major test in one of my math classes, my calculus classes, and I went to go talk to my teacher about how I did, and he told me that, hey, you know, kid at bowling, don't, you don't need to stress on this, you know, it's, 
it's okay to smell the roses a little bit. And that phrase has just stuck with me ever since. Um, and I've I just, actually never heard that. Yeah, it was the first time what, I ever heard it. He was, what does smell the roses mean? Uh, I, I think what he was trying to say is like take time to not just – look at the surface level of things, take time to like oh, oh, dive okay, into it, smell it, you know. Yes. Give it right. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a little taste, right? Enjoy the, the small moments in life rather than just kind of trying to make it through and rush through to the next step. Oh, that, that's great advice. Yeah. Um, what do you do today to, I guess, stay in the moment more? Like what, are you working on that now? Like, I, I know we've actually talked about this off mic, obviously that, yeah, I mean, I'd notice you a lot, more, you know, a lot more willing to take time and, and go do stuff. Whereas like in high school, it was like, you know, I guess a lot more academically focused. Um, so what, like, how are you yeah, that's working what on that now? Um, I mean, unfortunately it took a friend, uh, one of my close friends passed away and, I mean, he's, he was only 21 at the time, 22, right? So he didn't get his, his opportunity to live his full life. And I think that really kind of stuck with me. And I just made me realize like, Hey, life short, life is too short, man. So ever since then, I've been really just trying to spend more time, quality, quality time with friends, family, rather than just, you know, working on my next project or yeah, studying for the next test. Cause I mean, you really got to realize what's yeah, you got to figure out what's important in life to you. I mean, for me, I've come to realize that relationships are the most important thing in my life. The yes. Rela- the relationships I form with my friends, the relationships I form with my future soldiers that I'll be working with in the Army, right? That's what really matters to me, not this next test that I'm taking, not this next project or the next job, right? That relationships that I'm forming with the people, are, that's what I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Oh, so. yeah. I, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, I, I've always have had this goal of being rich. Like I want to have a lot of money one day. And fairly recently I met a very wealthy guy. Like I'm not, I'm obviously not going to name names or anything. And he is kind of alone in this world. Like he's very wealthy, you know, kind of has everything you think he would, you would want in life, you know, cars, money, houses, but he has nobody. And, and he has, you know, I'm not going to go into the details, but, and I, and I realized like, wow, I don't want to be that, you know, like, I think there needs to be some sort of balance. Like, yes, right. obviously I want money in life, but it, it's not worth there's losing so, there's something the people closest to you right? yeah. for some distant goal of happiness in the future. And I think what, what really kind of got me thinking about this kind of stuff was like getting into more like mindfulness and meditation, listening to Sam Harris, um, meditation app, excellent app by the way i gotta try and, that and yeah his whole thing is like you know this is the only life you're guaranteed of and, and I, I don't want to get into religion or anything but you know religion is based on uh like faith which is like kind of trust in this idea that isn't necessarily proven by facts and but what is factual is you are living a life right now right this is the only life you're really guaranteed of why would you waste this life for potential happiness in the future like go out and it like live this life to the fullest and like i said i don't i don't even want to talk about religion i'm not you know but i think just that that idea has gotten me a lot more present right yeah and because i I was very very worried about 
you know, grades and man, I got to get the best job. I got to go to the best school. I got to, you know, I got to get to this goal in the future. It's, and it's, I was I think wasting so many days. It's important to find that balance, right? Yes. I mean, cause what you're saying is that that hardworking mindset that you had had in high school yeah. is what got you into Berkeley, right? It's what got you into West Point. By the way, West Point or Cole got into West Point. Um, I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You did. So it's that hardworking mentality that you had in high school. That's what gave you those opportunities. But at the same time, you need to work on finding a balance to enjoy those moments in high school. So to answer your question overall, right? In hindsight, I tell my sister, tell myself really just in high school, just enjoy those times. Don't stress too much about it. Right. Wow. Wow. Developing skills. Like I think, um, one thing that I've kind of learned recently is some of the best opportunities in life come at the most random times. And I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't really know what I'm allowed to say about it, but the job that I'm working at after graduation, you know, I, I was applying to hundreds of jobs. I sent out hundreds of applications and the one job, well, actually I got two offers, but they, they the one job that I accepted came from me not even applying. It came from a conversation. So last summer I worked at NASA as a data scientist and I went to an entrepreneurship boot camp and I was wearing my NASA shirt and some kid ran into me and he was like, Hey, did you work at NASA? Cause obviously it was like an employee shirt. And I said, I did. And I talked a little bit about the internship and I said, where did you work? And he said, Apple. And, um, so we talked a little bit more about that and he said, Hey, you know, if you want some of your resume and I'll send it to my hiring manager and you know, good luck. I like, I'm going to give you, put in a good word for you. And that worked out. And a few months later I have a job at my dream company and you know, I couldn't have planned for that. It, it was a random conversation I had with someone who I didn't know at a, at a, an event that I didn't even really want to go to. I mean, I had a friend talk me into that and so what I would say is like, you know, some of the best opportunities in life come when you least expect it. That's true. And I think, you know, to prepare yourself for those opportunities, what you should be doing is de- developing your skills. Like if you know that at some point in your life, you want to be a coder and learn how to build websites, you know, you don't necessarily need to start a company or, you know, build a crazy website right now. Just start honing your skill, get like develop your skills so that when you are, presented with an opportunity to like grab onto a, a job or, or something that, that is your goal, you're ready for it. And that's kind of why I was saying like with the essay, this goes back to the whole like test scores thing. It's like, I'm not even saying study for the, the SAT. I'm just saying start developing your skills so that when it comes time to, to take the SAT, you're ready, you know, start developing your skills now for the career that you want later. So that when you're presented with an opportunity, you're ready. And it, it, that's kind of my new vision on life, you know, it, and I think it, that alone has helped me a lot with worrying less about the future, what's going to happen. And I kind of have accepted a little bit of randomness in the future. Like I went into college thinking, oh, I'm going to major in business. I'm going to do it. I really want to be a businessman, CEO. And two years in, I applied to the business school and I didn't get in. And I had just spent two years doing business prereqs that now no longer counted for anything. And I said, Oh my God, I got to do an entire major in two years. Typically it's four years. And a lot of the prereqs I had for the business major would have transferred over to economics. And a lot of people do that. I would say the majority of people who don't get into business school, just go, uh, 
into economics and I had taken a few economics classes. I wasn't particularly interested. And so I said, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to do data science. I'm going to learn how to code. I'm going to do something totally different. And, um, and then I just went down this new path of data science and I was presented with, an, with this opportunity to get the job. And uh, what I'm trying to say is, had I planned out my life freshman year of college and said, this is exactly what I'm going to do in life, I would have missed a huge opportunity. So I think part of life is like accepting randomness and being open to new opportunities as they're presented to you and, and willing to kind of change your plan. Because when have you ever had a five-year plan workout? Yeah, I, that rarely. Is, that has never. I've never out. had a five-year plan workout, and we're young, you know. Yeah. But I think that's pretty true for most people. I, I think I I don't know. Like I'm not quoting a stat on this, but I I think being able to realize that and just really focusing on the moments that you're in right now, I I think that is key to success in life or school or whatever you do. Right. Yeah. Finding that balance. It's a good point, Cole. hundred percent. So hundred <laughs> oh percent. Um, okay. So, so West point. So I, I think, um, one of the things I just kind of talked a little bit about how I've made changes in terms of like what I want in life. Have you ever had any goals that, have changed in your life, you know, from high school to now. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think one goal that I can think of that's like really changed for me. I mean, there are multiple, but one that really comes to mind is, uh, I think, uh, freshman year of college. Um, my goal was to become the best, person that i could be and in, in, in all what regards does that even mean? yeah right exactly <laughs> right so uh, okay <laughs> so academically what? get the high academically okay did funny. i say that incorrectly i don't even know oh what you God. just said but uh yeah see i told you cole makes fun of me all the time right <laughs> ever, ever, <laughs> ever since ever since little kids right yeah mps calvin oh yeah <laughs> uh so academically get the highest grades that i can get physically you know, score the highest score that I can get on the physical test. Um, bench 300 pounds, right? I mean, I'm pretty close to that. I'm pumping about. Well, you got to flex. <laughs> he literally just flexed his arm and uh, made eye contact with me. Uh, <laughs> A little weird. Right. So just try to achieve as much as I can achieve. And that was kind of my vision, right? As a freshman year college student achieve as much as I can achieve because that's how I measured. That's how I measured success in life is how much you can achieve. And, mm -hmm. um, but there's some recent events that I won't go into that have really changed my outlook on life. And I kind of shadowed this a little bit, uh, a couple minutes ago is now I'm not really per se trying to accomplish as much as I can more of, I'm trying to develop as many relationships as I can and help others achieve their maximum potential because that feeling of helping so help that feeling that I get of helping someone else. And I've had multiple opportunities of being able to serve our community and serve our classmates at West point, the opportunity and that feeling that I get that self-fulfilling is just something I can't really measure. It's uncomprehendable. If that makes sense. Would you right? say it's selfish? 
is it selfish? I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, like, so my goal now is. No, I, I was making fun. I, I've. Uh... Yeah, what is this? I've had some people say, you shouldn't do community service because it's selfish because you get enjoyment out of it. It's like, oh my, shut up. That's a, uh, (laughs) as my teacher would say, that's a, not a, that's a, uh, like an international relations theory, a liberal, I don't know if you've heard of the liberal theory, right? There's mutual benefits. and I have not. Basically, I've learned that there's, there's in my classes, mutual benefits between two states, right? Whereas a realist is there's only one person can gain. Okay. But in a liberal relationship, two people can work together, right? Interesting. So, anyways, off Kinda topic. ironic, but... Yeah, off topic. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, like, the overall, just, I think my, my outlook and goal now is not, per se, trying to accomplish as much as I can on my own, but really help other people accomplish what they can for... Uh, excuse me. Help others accomplish as much as they can, because in return, I get that enjoyment that uncomprehendable unmeasurable feeling right so that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah that's that's kind of cool i've had a kind of a similar discovery recently and i realized like i was always kind of going through life trying to maximize my own happiness and i I, kind of like that's what you're trained to do people say find what you're good at and do it and you'll be happy find that special talent special talent whatever and what I've kind of started to do, well, I, I, I'm i a big fan of Tim Ferriss. And he always says, well, he doesn't always say, but one of his things is do the opposite and see what that's like. So instead of trying to maximize my own happiness, I, a few weeks ago, I started to try to maximize the happiness of everyone around me. And whether that's my parents, I'm you know cooking breakfast, whether I'm hanging out with friends, it's the shift of mindset. Instead of trying to extract happiness out it's of the a situation you try to feed happiness into the situation and i think it's uh, i don't know i i i think it's been awesome honestly i i think I've, as a result i've been a lot happier i can tell i mean i think the last time or two years ago when we were over christmas but i mean you look a lot more happier look a lot more healthier right than two years ago how, I, how I, did, yeah yeah right i mean it's a good thing right it seems that your goals have changed and definitely um and I, I just from my perspective like the the most successful people i've seen in my life they kind of have the same goal where they're not trying to maximize their own gains but they're trying to maximize other people's gains yes but in return just as kind of like uh as as a positive consequence for that they are maximizing their own gain if that makes sense oh of course yeah um, so I think that's, yeah, we've had very similar, I guess, discoveries recently. I I wonder if it's like just this age, like I, it's weird because people at different ages go through like kind yeah. of similar things, you know? Yeah. I, that is totally, I, and I've always been agree. told people at this age are like, you know, trying to find themselves or, you know, figure out what they want to do. It's almost like you're searching a lot of the time. And I think, yeah, I think that's interesting. There's no real point there that I was trying to make, but <laughs> more of a comment. What, why are you looking at me like that? Uh, I'm just thinking about all this <laughs> wine in here. I would like to taste some eventually. Yeah, I mean, we could open a bottle if you want, but it's up to you. How long did it take you to build this wine cellar? This was a, an 11-year project, roughly. 
but I don't know, man. It, it was it was never like a constant project. It was more like whenever we had extra time. So you come money. you come here and help build it when you were on breaks from Berkeley. Yeah, we could say that. Yeah. Tell me about like your Berkeley experiences. So oh, you're in man. a frat. Tell me about the frat. I I actually went and visited Cole. Uh, he did. I about, felt bad because I had a big project due the night he came and visited, yeah, and I, I was. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll get into that, but uh, yeah, Berkeley is. It it really shaped the way I think about. Oh, I just dropped my pen. Oh, got my pen. All right. Um, Berkeley. Yeah, I mean, dude, where do I even? That's such a loaded question. I don't even know where to start. I would say, let's see, freshman year. Why'd you choose Berkeley? At the time, I was really wanting to go to a good business school, and Berkeley had the Haas School of Business. And it's a good choice. Yeah, and I basically made my decision based off it was the best school I got into, really. And I visited, and it was like, all right, I guess I'll go. But what's actually funny? A year before I got into Berkeley, I visited before I before I applied or anything, and. I walked away going, I would never go there. <laughs> I, I visited Berkeley, Stanford, and UCLA in a two-day period. And I loved UCLA and Stanford. And Berkeley, I was like, I would never go there. And a year later, I, I was obviously going. But yeah, I mean, let's see. I, I started freshman year. Didn't know a whole lot of people first semester. I, I knew the people on my floor. And I was really good friends with my roommates. And really good guys. I wanted to kind of get like a... A hub like a home base if that makes sense like mm-hmm. i wanted like a place where i can almost identify with and at the time it's like your club your sports yeah team, it's, right? it's yeah, like it's, it's, i had always been you know in high school i was in the nhs i was in csf i was on the wrestling team i was class like i was always with a group and i my freshman year first semester at, at berkeley i didn't really have a group so i joined a fraternity and a lot of my friends were in the fraternity at the time. So it was pretty clear to me which fraternity I wanted to join because I, I knew a lot of the, the freshmen that had joined the, the first semester. And it was cool. And I did was really involved my freshman and sophomore year. And I would say about the time, right about when I got rejected from Haas, that's when I kind of had a reality check and was like, you got to really start focusing on school. Cause I had to cram a whole major into two years. And that's when I uh, naturally ended up kind of getting or distancing myself from the fraternity. I still live there, but I was, you know, a lot less involved. So you guys had a big house, big house. Yeah. yeah. I'd say 50 or 60 people live in. It was like a hotel, massive building. And yeah, I mean, it was, I would say it's really good to have that support in college, especially at Berkeley. I mean, it's a massive school. And if you don't have a group, you will feel like nobody almost. And but but what's interesting is at the time when I joined the fraternity, I didn't realize there are so many other groups you could get involved with. There's a rock climbing team, and they you know go on almost uh, almost almost anything that you can think of. They have ski clubs. Um, I mean, there's hundreds, maybe even a thousand. I don't know uh, clubs or or some type of group that you can get involved with and fraternities are are one of them so i wasn't really aware of all the other ones i joined a fraternity if i could go back i mean the fraternity was great like i said i I loved it but i definitely wish i could have 
tapped into a few more clubs. Like I, I've always wanted to rock climb and I feel like I miss an opportunity to try out rock climbing by not joining the rock climbing team. So there's a lot of things like that. Um, I, I ended up taking on a leadership position in the fraternity. I was treasurer and that was a lot of fun. But then, like I said, junior and senior year, I was really academically focused, but I was still living in the fraternity. And I think naturally I just got less and less involved. And um, eventually it, it, senior year became a little bit lower priority. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think for those who are entering college right now, looking like I, my brother's going to SDSU right now and he's obviously on the the website looking at all these different organizations that he could get involved with. And I'm just telling him, you know, be open-minded and you, you'll meet some cool people in clubs that you probably would have never thought you'd hang out with. That was one of the biggest things about college is I, I developed friends in college that I probably would have never been friends with in high school. And it was so cool to have this very like diverse group of friends who right. were very different than my normal friend group. And, you know, just do things that, excite you do things that you've always wanted to do like i said I, I wish i could go back and join the rock climbing team freshman year it, it, by the time i realized we had a rock climbing team it was like senior year and i was like well yeah, i don't really want to join a club senior year but uh, you know I, I don't know i'm sure you have similar experiences i mean uh, uh joining a fraternity that sounds really cool i mean yeah, you didn't do that at West Point, though. No, I can't do that. I mean, I, I guess I argue that West Point itself is a big fraternity. Oh, 100%. Well, it's much smaller. I mean, I think Berkeley has roughly 20,000 20, undergrads, undergrads and then 20,000 grad, graduate students. Okay. Yeah, there's about 4,000. Yeah, much smaller. That's like a, almost a big Point. high school. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. There's 1,000 <laughs> people in my class. Did you? Was it like socially like high school? Like, like for me, college was very different than high school. Like you you walk on campus and 95% of the people you see on a daily basis are totally new faces. But I imagine it was different at West Point. Uh, more, more or less. Um, I, I, I mean, so I, I walk around campus and I generally see the same people um, mm -hmm. every day because we take, you know, we take the same route to get the same, same classes, yeah. the same classes. I mean, West Point's a very small campus. Uh, I don't know everyone in my class, but I know a majority, maybe like 70, 80% of people in my class. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, just through like social media, like Instagram, um, Facebook, yeah. and then all these other events that we have class events that we go to. So I get to know a majority of my classmates. In regards to like the class structure uh, or like the events of each day, I mean, it's very similar to high school. Mm -hmm. Each class is about 75 minutes long, and I just go from class to class to class. Whereas, correct me if I'm wrong, for you, you have like – you know, three credit class, maybe twice a week or so like Monday and then Thursday at random times or has it, has it, has it worked for you? Yeah. So typically, typically you would have like a four unit class would either meet an hour every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Okay. Or an hour and a half every Tuesday and Thursday. Gotcha. Yeah. So about three hours a week okay. per four unit class. Gotcha. Okay. And then, and then usually you have a one hour discussion, which is when you meet. So, so lectures, I was talking about the lectures. The lectures are usually like four to 500 people on average. I mean, it varies a lot, but the discussions are a lot smaller, probably what you would imagine a high school classroom to be like 30 kids. And then you're mm -hmm. meeting with a graduate student. So, so you would have three hours of lecture a week and typically one hour of a discussion section. Okay. That's and, cool. And then it varies obviously, but 
Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's a little different at West Point. We, it's, ours is like very similar to the high school structure. You know, you have six classes a day, um, and then you go to those classes, you know, four to five times a week. Um, Do you have like block periods? We don't have block. Well, we have block periods allocated for research time. Uh-huh. So a lot of us will do undergrad research in our major. So I do some some biology research um, every other day or so. And there's a block allocated for that. About two hour block for me to do that. Um, but each class itself, I can either have a 55 minute class or a 75 minute classes for me this year. Uh, I had eight classes and they were all 75 minutes. So I had four, um, I had four on one day and then four on the other day. Okay. Um, so yeah, so it's very similar to high school. Um, and our class sizes were about 10 to 15 people per class. So I get to know my classmates very well. Yeah. Um, and then as, like I said before, as you walk to your class, usually my classmates take the same route. So I see the same people every single day. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a good time, man. I'm gonna miss it. I know you're gonna miss Berkeley, right? As we come close to graduation. I yeah, I eh. <laughs> I, I will miss the environment. Like I, I mean, you're gonna miss your buddies, right? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, the friends. Yeah, I mean, there's certain parts that I'll miss, certain parts that I definitely won't. I, I, the first two years at Berkeley were a huge adjustment, and to be honest, I didn't really like it. And I think it was a mixture of the town and perhaps the people I was surrounded with. And I don't know, man. I, I just wasn't a big fan of it. Junior year is when I really started to like Berkeley. Yeah. And that's when I really started to appreciate the culture, the activities. I, I got a golfing membership and I went golfing quite a bit. And I really started to get a lot more involved in other things. But yeah, the first couple of years, I wasn't a big fan of it. I think what I definitely will not miss are the academics. Like, I, you know, I, I like, of course, I, I love learning. I love reading. I love exploring new topics. But I did not like how I spent most spare time of every day, like probably five hours on average a day, including Saturdays and Sundays, five to eight hours doing homework or, or some sort of reading or studying. I mean, that seems realistic, though, for college and, and, and i think that's normal for college yeah right and, and technically like or, or specifically for a technical major right we were both um in a technical major i know if you're not in a technical major it's more readings um if you're in a technical major it's more like problem sets and i don't know i i just i wish i had more free time in college like don't i had all, always, all i always i came into every semester being like i'm gonna go camp i'm gonna go explore the area and then i ended up just being in the library like every day so so that part of it i I will not miss the friends the connections the the learning the open-mindedness i i will miss and i think there's just something about being on a college campus like you are on a college campus and you can just feel creativity like would you recommend living on college campus or living kind of off campus so, because my sister's trying to decide, like, oh, should I live in a dorm on campus or should I get like a house off campus or like an apartment? I would say freshman year, it's probably good to live on campus. It's a great way to meet a lot of people who are in this similar boat. I remember like freshman year, first day, everybody is trying to make friends. Like, oh, yeah. I, I went and I was like thinking, oh, you know, how is it going to be making friends? Like, is it going to be hard, easy? 
and everybody is like, hi, my name is John. You know, everybody's in the same boat. And it's, it's kind of comforting in the sense that you're not alone. I think it would be much more difficult to get a friend group if you decide to live off campus. Yeah, freshman I year. can see that. But I would say at least maybe one year. like your senior year, if you can move on, or junior senior. Oh, for once, sure. Once you Even like figure it out, year if you want. I think once you're like you have your friend group or whatever it is that you want. Maybe you don't want a friend group. Maybe you want to join a a club or organization. I think once you have that as kind of like your foundation, then live wherever wherever mm-hmm. you want. Until you have that, I think it would be a lot easier to get that if you live on campus. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Cole here, you, you, uh, so you actually got into West Point. I did. Can you tell me a little about that? Yeah. So, interesting story. Uh, you want the long version or the short version? Give me, uh, give me the short version. Okay. So, I was, let's see, go back to high school. So, senior year of high school, I was waiting to hear back from West Point. I was, I felt like I was very competitive. I was talking to the admissions officers. They're like, yeah, like you have a very high chance of getting in. And then they were like, you know, you'll probably get your appointment in March. And I ended up not getting an appointment that year. And my admissions officer said, Hey, how about you just reapply? And you know, you'll, there's a, she said, if you get a 3.0 at Berkeley, there's a very, very high chance you'll get into West point next year. By the way, that happens a lot. There's, 30 something people in my company at West Point. Um, and I think about maybe 10 of them. So about a third went to school a year of school before going to West Point. Oh, that's interesting. So it's very, very common. And so, I, so I went to Berkeley and uh, with, with the intention of reapplying to West Point and I ended up getting the three Oh, so I had I ended up getting like a three the highest GPI Nerd. I ever got in college. It just went downhill from there. Smart cookie. <laughs> no, no, no. I was in easy classes, and so I reapplied and I got in, and boy was I in a pickle because, you know, like I said, I had gone yeah, into the semester. I, I remember. Or gone into the, the, my freshman year of college with the intentions of leaving, pretty immediately going to West Point, and then I, I think I kind of had a change of heart. And I mean, like I said, I could give the long version if you wanted, but to sum it up, I I think I really had to think, what do I want to do in life? And, you know, I, obviously I was talking to my parents, talking to everybody I respected. And honestly, I would say 70 to 80% of people said, go to West point. And that made my decision very tough because all the family pressure, pressure from friends and it, it's not like anyone was trying to persuade me one way or another. Like my parents, they were always like, you know, we support any decision you make, but here are the benefits of West Point. My friends, well, obviously you went there at the time. You were pretty good. You, you were like, well, you know, you make the decision yourself. I'll, I'll tell you about West Point, but like, I, I want you to make it Yeah, I never your own decision. And I, I always, I never that. told you what to do. Uh, my grandpa, who was actually at a, the, Lieutenant Colonel in the army. He was always very like, very much like you. He was always like, you know, Cole, I support whatever decision you make. And actually it almost seems like he could tell I wanted to stay at Berkeley. And it, it seemed like, uh, he was one of the first people to kind of make it sound like it was okay if I stayed at Berkeley. But yeah, I mean, Oh man, there was, 
lots of pressure to go to West Point. And I think what I really had to do was ignore everybody's opinion because it, figure it, out what they you weren't the one to going to West Point, right? right? It you. wasn't them. It was my life. It was what I wanted to do. And around that time, I really like developed a passion for entrepreneurship. And I, I you know, if, if anyone asked me what I wanted to do in the next five years, I would have said start a company. And I remember I, that. I, you told me in high school, like every single day. Yeah. And I, actually, I think this kind of started more like senior year of high school, but I, I didn't really acknowledge it until freshman year of college. And I thought, what do I want? And then I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I, I want to be in business. I want to be in tech. And then it came down to what school will help me get there faster and, and what school will help me get there better. Right? Like here's Berkeley at the center of tech and I want to go into tech is West point really the better decision for that. And you know, West point's free. Obviously it's valued at a $400,000 education that you get for free. You have a guaranteed job when you graduate, your life is so secure. You know, you, if you get married, I mean, your wife will be taken care of. Your kids will be taken care of. And it's just all these thoughts were going through my head. Like, and it, it was on paper so clear that I should go to West point. Like there was nothing logical about staying at Berkeley except for the fact that my gut was saying, stay at Berkeley. And I, I it's hard, kind of hard to explain that. Right. Like, you yeah. know, why are you staying at Berkeley? Well, it doesn't feel right going to West point, you know? And, and th- like I said, this was my dream school since seventh grade. I, and I, I can't even explain how obsessed with West Point. I, I mean, Calvin is probably one of the few people who totally understands it. I was obsessed with West Point. Yep. Obsessed with it. It was the only school I considered and it was the only school I dreamed of. I you, literally you talked about it a lot and oh, every day. Um, and finally I got in and, and then it came down to, Oh my God, I got to make this decision. decision. I, th- I think you got a glimpse of, you know, what an alternative, because you always had your, it seems to me that you always had your mind set on West Point, right? Yes. And you didn't really consider other options available. Absolutely not. No. Right. It was West Point. But or, then once you got that glimpse, you know, West that Point. year at Berkeley, once you got that glimpse of what the other options that were available, you're like, hey, these aren't too bad. And actually like the Berkeley is kind of the school that will help me achieve my goal. And I'm exactly. already here and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, so, and I think what, what actually really started to get me to realize that is when I was, I was sitting in my interview for West Sherman, who he, he was the one interviewing for the congressional nomination. And he said, why do you want to go to West Point? And I was like, well, I just want to go like I, it, it's it's been my dream school and he said what do you want to major in and i said business and he said what if you get into harvard would you go to harvard over west point yeah classic question and i was like yeah he asked me that question too yeah and i was like or it wasn't Har- it wasn't harvard it was some other school but he's like well, he's like why would you know harvard has a great business school why would, why would you not go to harvard and I, I just kind of sat there like, I don't know. I don't know why West Point would be the better decision. And then he asked, what do you want to do in life? Or like, what do you want to do that's, in the Army? That's the key he, right he there. He said, what do you want to do in the Army? 
and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it, like I, I never, my goal is never really beyond West Point. Yeah, right? like I, I or think like, it was the prestige that I was so attracted to, and not, I didn't necessarily have a goal. I mean, initially I wanted to be an army officer. Obviously, that's what sparked the whole West Point journey. But I think it that changed, and I was still attracted to the prestige of West Point. But I eventually wanted to be a businessman, or a uh, businessman. I want to. I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so, anyways, fast forward back to me making the decision. I had to just block everybody out of the decision because <laughs> I think everyone's advice just kind of canceled each other out, and it was impossible to make a decision based off everyone else's advice. It's a tough decision, man. And so, yeah, so basically I wrote out what I want to do in life, realized Berkeley was the correct school. And I just made the decision and, and went with it. And it was hard, dude. It, it, for about a year, I constantly questioned whether or not I'd made the right decision. It, it was a constant battle in my head. And I was like, man, should I have gone? Should I have gone? And it was almost like I was married to the idea of going to West Point and I was going through like a divorce <laughs> with that idea, you know, cause I, I was so obsessed with it for like five years yeah. and I divorced the idea of West Point eventually. And I, you know, now looking back, it's clear to me that I made the right decision for myself, but for about two years, a year to two years, it was hard to see that. It was hard to see if I made the right decision or not. And I, you know, I think had I gone to West Point, I would have justified that that was the right decision, you know. So I'm not saying that there's only one right way to live your life, but I'm not looking back anymore going like, man, I wish I did that. But, um, yeah, well, it is 6 o'clock. I know you got to go at 6. I just want to thank you for coming it's on the podcast. Six. Damn, time flies. I know, time flies by time real, flies. real fast. Uh, like I said, thanks for coming on. If you ever want to come on again, dude, I'd love to talk to you about other yeah, absolutely. things. I know that we really dove into West Point here, and I hope that this was beneficial for kids if they're applying to West Point. But, I mean, we have a lot of other things that we could talk about in the future. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, we could talk about um, what life is like at West Point. Yeah. Um, all that. And mm. after college, you know. How talk about times frothing together, disc golf. That was <laughs> froth. Yes. Yeah, hey Brody, if you're listening to this, or was it Bro Brody Smith? Yeah, that's he's his. not listening to this. I'm just saying, Brody Smith, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm a huge fan, Shut huge up. fan. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, this is the end of podcast one. If you're listening this far, thank you for listening. Hoping to get other good guests on. Actually, tomorrow I'm interviewing uh, Marco, who is currently deciding between Berkeley and Stanford. So I'm going to pick his brain a little bit. See his thought process and see if I can help him out through that decision. So yeah, a few more episodes coming on the podcast that I'm excited for. And yeah, me too, Cole. Thanks for having me. I appreciate thanks for, it. Thanks for coming, Kevin.